The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every Every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Filling in for Nick Costos, PJ Glasser, alongside Ken Barkley here on a Friday. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. With you for the next four hours up until 7 o'clock Eastern Time. You can listen to us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. Or you can watch and listen over on twitch.tv slash BeckQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. You can also watch us on Amazon, Fubo TV, Samsung TV Plus. Listen to us for free on the Odyssey app. Going to be a lot of college basketball talk today. I don't know if, uh, you know, the listeners out there can. I don't know if you know, but it is March now, my friend. Yeah, March 1st. We, we, we have reached, we have reached, in my opinion, the greatest sports month. Of the year, so excited to talk about that. Plenty. Noops is going to join us five o'clock Eastern time, middle of the show, to talk some NBA. But Ken, a lot of people are excited for the return of Lockatology. We talked about it two weeks ago, kind of getting our our eyes on some of these teams, some of the potential matchups that we have seen. A lot has happened since then. A lot of significant results. So uh, yeah, a lot of college hoops talk today. Looking forward to it over the next four hours. Going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it should it should be great. We got some really nice notes from people. Uh, I got like some DMS from people that I guess had DM me before. Cause mine are closed, but I, I, we got some really, really nice notes from people about when, so this was uh what, like Monday or Tuesday last week, something like that. About 10 days. I think it was like the 20th. I think it was when we did this last time based on like the, mm-hmm. yeah, February 20th. So it's been a little bit. Um, and got some really nice notes from people just like, oh, you guys did like four hours on just college. But like, that was so awesome. And, you know, like, that's like one of the best shows. And it's really cool because it was probably because for a lot of people that listen, it was new. Like, we hadn't done four hours on 
especially at that point on college basketball, the Super Bowl had literally been like a week before. And uh, and so it was cool. And it was cool for me to like start going through everything. So, yeah, have another bracket today. I actually I uh, I I did a bad I made a I made an oopsie is like something I like to say now. So I, I was going to an hour before the show, I was going to tweet out the, the updated bracket and then and then I fell asleep. And I took a nap and it was amazing. And I woke up and I forgot that I had told people that I would put it out at two o'clock and I didn't. So in the next break, before we do Locketology, I'll tweet out the bracket. We could retweet it. And uh, you're the only so you and I well, and our crew, we're the only ones that, that know it right now. So in the next segment, we'll start it. But I, I had a question that I wanted to ask you first. This is mm-hmm. like a really like a really subjective question. It's pretty good. Like when you when you think about March. And I mean, like, this is going to be college basketball. If you say, like, grass growing, it's a terrible answer. When you think about March, what's, like, what's like the first, like, image, memory, like, story that comes to mind? Like, college basketball related, obviously. It's a good question. First thing that comes to mind probably is either the theme song. You know, the March Madness sure. theme song that we all know CBS, and love. It's the best. I got chills just yeah. thinking about it. And then yeah. the other thing would probably be just like the bracket reveal. Like I start going through like just selection Sunday and like what that 30 minutes is going to be like when they go through all the teams. Like, it's funny. I don't think of like the physical games itself. Like I don't picture like New Mexico and Florida on a Thursday. I picture the brackets. I picture me on the couch, just how excited, like I look forward to those 13 hours on a Thursday and a Friday. So I would, I would probably say the theme song is what gets me, gets me going. And then uh, also just, just that the bracket selection Sunday is one of, I think it's one of the best days of the year when we, you know, in 2020, when we had the COVID year, obviously it sucked not having the tournament, but I think one of the worst things Ken, is that we never got a chance to see the bracket, you know, like I wish at the very least the committee would have shown us what the potential matchups are. We could have really had some fun with that and been like, oh man, Dayton is a one seed that year and San Diego right. State, what would their pass have looked like? And so not getting the bracket and not seeing like what could have been the potential matchups, maybe what fun upsets we could have had. I think that to me, like not having the games obviously sucked when that Thursday and Friday came around. We were supposed to have 16 games those days. That was brutal, but not, getting the bracket i to this day is like still just killer not knowing like what potential matchups we could have gotten yeah because I, I remember i had done a lot of bill i was, <laughs> I was just like i think i had forgotten about this until you brought it up i was gonna write a book and it was gonna come out for that tournament i was gonna start writing an annual guide for the ncaa tournament and that was the first year it was gonna come out i wrote i wrote all the like all the non that tournament specific content it was like 50 pages. I wrote it and I was like, well, once we get the bracket, I'll just plug everything in and like the guide will be good to go for the first year and like turn this into like a recurring thing that I really like because it's my favorite sporting event that I want to put together. And then the first I mean, imagine like it's like, you know, your favorite thing. And the first year that you're about to put out this huge, awesome thing is is COVID like it's that first one. And, you know, like there's you know, high schoolers that didn't have their senior year that year. There's all this stuff. We don't have to get into a ton of pandemic stuff, but, but yeah, it was crazy. So I, I had all this stuff put together and to your point, like I never got to figure out, I never got to do it. Like I never got to, to look. And yeah, that for people who don't remember that season, uh, Obi Toppin from Dayton was the national player of the year. And yeah. Dayton was ha- who's having a really, Dayton's having a really good season this year as well. Um, they had like a, they, I think they probably would have been a two maybe at the end, but they had a shot to be a one. And San, the funny thing is San Diego State, 
was having a remarkable season. Be like, well, they'll never get back again. That's the best season they'll ever have. Actually, they made the final last year. Actually, they had a really good season. So that was kind of, it's just kind of funny in respect, respect to, like, I see, I see Obi Toppin, like, taking passes from Tyrese Halliburton the other night against the Pelicans. And it's like, no, like, there's, there's like an alternate universe here where we could have seen him in an NCAA tournament. Um, but to your point, like, the, so the music, and the bracket, those are two that was great answers, obviously. Those are really, really good. When you so you went to Alabama, right, for your undergraduate? That's where yep. you went to school? Yep. Did I you did. uh did you and your friends like collectively get together? Because Alabama, I feel like going to a school like Alabama, like you know you're gonna make like when you're good, you know you're gonna make it. Like there's no drama about like whether you're gonna did you guys get together to watch like what seed you would be and who you would play? Was it like that big of a deal? Or like what were selection Sundays like when you were in college? So, you know, what's funny is every year during the tournament, our selection Sunday would always fall during spring break. So sure. I'd always, so most of my friends would go on vacation and they'd go on, you know, they travel to places or they go on a cruise or they go to the beach or whatever it may be. And I'd just be home watching ball. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be stranded somewhere. I don't want to be on the beach when I could be watching St. Mary's and you know, whoever. <laughs> so that's. That's what I want to be doing. Sure. Uh, so unfortunately, I never got that. I never got a chance to watch like a tournament game because I think that would have been one of the really cool things. And what's really cool about college basketball is that you get obviously these midweek games. You know, I always wonder what it would have been like to have like class the day of a game. Like it's a Thursday. You have class sure. early on in the day and then you meet up with your friends and you watch it, whether it's at a bar or watch party and all that. So never got to experience that unfortunately the one really cool moment we had was uh in the sec tournament my senior year that was the year when colin sexton hit that game winner against texas sure. a&m when oh, he like yeah. drove the length of the court and he had that yep. so that that was like really cool i was in uh i was in the one of the dining halls and they had that on the tvs and it was like one of those buffalo wild wing commercials type moments right. where it's like buzzer <laughs> beater and everybody's like throwing sure. food all over the place so it was uh it was kind of cool getting to uh getting to experience that. So that was definitely the highlight. I can't wait for this game on Saturday, obviously, when they play Tennessee. I tell people all the time, my time as a student there, best sporting event I ever went to as a student at Alabama wasn't a football game. It was the basketball game when they played against Trey Young in Oklahoma. Like that oh. game was just, the crowd was into it. Everybody was standing the whole time. It was just a great game. Both teams played well. So I I can't imagine what uh, what Saturday is going to be like with game day being there and Tennessee coming in and both teams are you know trying to win the SEC regular season title so it'll be good but yeah never uh, never experienced March Madness on campus so that uh, that would have been pretty cool how about you did you ever get that with uh, yeah. Richmond so our uh, so yeah so I so you went to obviously like a, a huge state school and I went to so I went to Richmond I went to like a smaller uh, private college and our spring break was not that week. So like I, we would always be back to in time to watch selection Sunday and the first round of the tournament, we were in school for that week. Um, we were on a different schedule than like state schools were. So, uh, and, and again, like think, you know, if you go to Duke or you go to North Carolina or you go to, you know, Yukon, whatever, like mm -hmm. you, there's no, there's no mystery here. <laughs> like you're, you're in, not only are you in, you're comfortably in, and it's much more of a conversation about like, yeah, like, are we a two or a one? Or are we like a two or a three or are we whatever? But you know, that was during the selection show. They always saw those shots of like the teams on the bubble and like, they're all watching together or whatever. Yeah. Like at Richmond, that's, that's all we ever were. Like we were, we in 
So I started there in my freshman year is 2003. From that point forward, we've never had a year where we are like, I guess one year we like guarantee because we won the A10 tournament, but like we've we've never been like comfortably in like a month in advance or three weeks in advance. It's always incredibly down to the wire. And there have been multiple times where the selection show would start and we I wouldn't know whether we and I'm a, I'm a smart guy. Like I'm not I'm not pretending I wouldn't know whether we were in or not. I would have no idea. And like I remember our sophomore year, uh, the team was awesome. I remember they made SportsCenter. That year, they upset Kansas in non-conference, but which is like for Richmond is crazy. And they beat Kansas. Uh, their our, our best player, well, we had two best players, was a guy named Mike Scrocky was his name, which is just a terrible name. But they beat Kansas, and it got on SportsCenter and our like on our in our dorm. That was like the biggest thing of the year was that like we won that game, and that like oh my god, we were on SportsCenter like that's so crazy. And that win really really helped us because we actually got an at large spot. We didn't have to win the A10 tournament to get in. We actually got a spot. And I remember like we're all we ordered. You know, you always did, I'm sure like what was what was the bad pizza place that you would order from, but it was like cheap. So you would order from it anyway. Did you have a place that like fit that description where it's like, it wasn't good, but like, that's what it was. Yeah. Probably uh mellow mushroom was that place. For yeah. Us. I mean, oh, yeah. It's a great name. That was the spot. That pizza yeah. was not very good, but it was cheap. Right. Your, yeah. It was yeah. cheap. So we had, we had pizza house very appropriately. It's a, it's a house and it made pizza. It was called pizza house. And, uh, which, which is also a name shared by 5 billion other pizza places in a variety of other States. It's like, we're starting a pizza place. What do you want to call it? Uh, pizza house. And so we would, we would, we ordered like calzones from pizza house. We're like watching selection Sunday starts. They play the music. And in the first region, like, cause we really like, we were last four in bracketology. It was like really like knife edge stuff. And, and I'd never been in a spot like that. Like I was my second year at, the, at school. We didn't make it the year before. And they, you know, like I still hear Greg Gumbel's voice, like still be like, you know, uh, we, <laughs> and then I remember after he read it, I was like, oh dear God. So Wisconsin was the six and it was like, and they will play the spiders of Richmond. And there's like 50 of us and like crowded into this room or whatever. We're all like cheering and eating terrible pizza. And, uh, and then we, it like dawned on us right after they, so they announced that we're all celebrating. They announced the three fourteen right under us. And we go like, Oh my God, like we're playing Wisconsin. The game is in Milwaukee. Like that's going to be a disaster. How did this pit was the three in our region. And like, how how was this advantageous to pit? <laughs> like Wisconsin is the six. The game is yeah. in Milwaukee. Like what? So we I, they ended up they had Richmond I believe had an eighteen point lead in the first round game, and then the crowd starts going crazy. Wisconsin had like some kind of antagonist that was like getting under everyone's skin, and they end up coming all the way back. They win, and then I think they might have beat Pitt actually in the next game because it was so crazy. But I still I mean like that was that was like twenty years ago. Now it was like twenty twenty one years ago. I remember like the calzone. I remember like I remember who was like sitting next to me. Like I probably haven't talked to that kid in twenty years. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> but like just I I can still he- I actually can hear Greg Gumbel's voice saying the words, and it's just like man, like that's you know like there's a ton of kids in college right now. Like you know like whoever's on the bubble right now. I don't know if there's like a perfect example because I think most of the bubble teams like make it all the time. But I don't know if you go to like Wake. Like if you go to Wake, like you might be in this year, and like that doesn't happen a lot, not anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like it's been, it's you know, whereas like Gonzaga, you make it all the time. Providence, you make it all the time. Seton Hall, you make it a good amount. But yeah, like you know, you're in one of those places. Like that's that's going to happen to a bunch of people. It's really cool. It's a good point. Do you remember the one year where 
speaking to your story about Greg Gumbel, where instead of just going through the entire bracket, they first read off like every team that had yeah, made it's the, the worst show ever. It's the Everybody worst show of all is, time. It, yeah. it really is. And they, after one year, it, they decided. What, what year do you think it was? Was it nineteen? I was going to say I think it was the year right before the COVID year. I think, I it, was think it was definitely it was definitely pre-pandemic. Yeah. So mercifully, they had the year off to be like, what have we done? Like, let's not do that ever again. And it was they were I remember they were really trying to integrate, integrate Kenny and Charles into the selection show. And so they had right. them all stand. Remember, they had them all stand in front of that yep. huge video. I think they used like probably Studio J, like where they do inside the NBA. They have a huge video wall. And they, I, I just yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like worst. been forgotten in history a little bit. It's one of the worst ideas to change anything in sports that's ever happened. Like any any effort to change any sport has probably been better than that attempt to change the selection show. And like shout out to them because they only did it once. Sometimes yes. you do it like four times and then everybody complains and you have to change it. They got they got right out of the way. They were like, nope, like we're, we're good. We get it. It was the worst thing ever. We're never going to do it again. And hopefully we don't have that this year. Yeah, hopefully not, because, I mean, Selection Sunday, the bracket reveal, it's, it's the best. When you go through all the games and you talk about it, that's what we're going to do next on Lockatology. Ken Barkley, PJ Glasser, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley here on a Friday. We're getting ready to do some Lockatology. So if you want to watch, listen along, you can join us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. You will also be on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. All right, Ken, we were talking about uh, some of the games that we were tuning into to watch Last night, I was up late watching uh, Washington State, USC. I was watching a couple of the WCC games, St. Mary's, Pepperdine, Gonzaga, San Francisco. So I'm ready to go. You know, the West Coast yeah. teams, you got to, you, you know, they. You got any exactly. new takes from got last time? You got like, you have you changed a bunch of things around? Where are you, where are you at like right now? Not, not too many takes. There are certainly some teams that I've cooled off on and there are some teams that I'm starting to buy a little stock into. I also can't wait until we get into our discussion about Houston, because I know we had a good one about them last time. But there's something we didn't talk about that uh, I want to bring up with you, and, and I'm interested to oh. see your take on that. So I'm excited. Exciting. Houston yeah, is let's... not the one seed in the region that we're going to discuss first in Big Bong, in Bing Bong Bay. That is the defending champion Connecticut Huskies, who would uh, be big favorites against any 16 seed that they play. This one just happens to be South Dakota State, 26.5-point favorites. They would get the 8-9 matchup against Oklahoma and Michigan State in this uh, in this projected bracket with the Spartans favored by 1.5. By the way, Ken has posted the Lockatology bracket to X, so if you want to go on there, check it out, and uh, follow it along with us. Absolutely feel free to do so. Ken, I'm glad you put Michigan State in this region with Connecticut and Oklahoma. That That's a good 8-9 matchup, too. Where are you on Michigan State? I want to start with them first because 
I think there's a lot of there's a lot of feeling with them, people who follow college basketball closely, that they've kind of cooled off on Michigan State, and they're just buying that this year's team really can't make that deep of a run. Their non-conference resume really isn't bad. They blew out Baylor. They beat Indiana State, who might be a tournament team, certainly. Um, they, they had a tough schedule. They had to play Duke in there as well. Look, for me, it's Tom Izzo with the veteran team. And, like, I, I like to – I thought they would get to the Final Four last year. And people didn't think that – people thought I was crazy for that take. They beat Marquette in the round of 32, took Kansas State to the final possession and had a chance to potentially play FAU for a chance to go to the Final Four. So, anytime you give me Tom Izzo with the veteran team, now that we're in March, his teams always seem to play better. I know they lost at home to Iowa and Ohio, and Ohio State, and that's kind of cooled – a lot of people off of the Spartans, but man, it's, uh, I, I tell you what, any one seed, if they do end up being a nine seed, any one seed that sees Michigan state in the round of 32, certainly, I mean, they can't feel good about their chances. I think that that's a dangerous team. And I think if they get UConn, Ken, like what an interesting game yeah. that would be, especially in this region, um, and I can read it off the matchups as well for people that are, are just listening, whether it be on the Odyssey app or you're listening on Sirius. So Oklahoma, Michigan State would be the 8-9 in UConn's region where they're the 1. Wisconsin would be the 5 seed going up against Grand Canyon, the 12. Auburn, Sanford in a really fun 4-13 matchup. Washington State would be the 6, who's really playing good basketball here as of late. They would get the winner in the play-in game between Gonzaga and Providence. Bama would be the 3 in this region playing Vermont. Texas Tech and Nevada in the 7-10 game. And then Tennessee is the two seed going up against Moorhead State. But, yeah, Kim, what are your thoughts on Michigan State? Because I'm still a believer. I I mean, you know, I know they've had some bumps along the road this season. They've certainly had a a couple of inexcusable home losses here in the last couple weeks. But, I mean, time and time again, we talk about all these different teams, all these coaches that we can't trust. There are very few that we can. Izzo is certainly at the top of that list. I mean, their team returns four or five starters from last year. They have seniors, juniors all over that team. I I personally like the Spartans, and that would be a 9C that I'd be scared of. Yeah, this is going to get really interesting, and I'll I'll just add, I feel like when we did this the first time, I had so many – like macro takes on the teams that we had to kind of fire off. Like hadn't talked about Purdue yet. Hadn't talked about Houston yet. And like now I, I kind of told you how I feel about those teams, like big picture. And so I actually filled out a bracket this week for this one. I didn't even, I didn't even fill out one when we did it like 10 days ago, like complete it like to its finish. And uh, I got to like elite eight final four. And then actually, as we go along, I kind of want to pitch you some games where I go like, what, like, what do you, th- what do you, what number do you think this would be? And what do you think would happen? Like if that, if that happened and right off the bat, I mean, you fill it in, like, even if you just go by point spread, Michigan state would be favored over Oklahoma, I think by almost all ratings. And so, all right, like UConn, Michigan state right off the bat in the second round is a, like a kind of a banger game, but even Oklahoma, yep. Michigan state is Izzo and Moser in the same game like it's you know you mentioned it with coaches like that you want to play on in situations be like well we're getting rid of one right away and then the other one plays early who's got a title now and we get rid of another one so it, it, you know kind of almost hope for all these teams that they don't get seated like this uh for michigan i'll give you like a, just a quick take on them because when we did 10 days ago or 15 or whatever it was um they i had them earmarked as kind of like let's see how the next two weeks go because they actually had a chance to improve to almost be a winner 
like which is cra- crazy to think about now but like they had that they were kind of at a weird inflection point in their season they played so well in non-conference they'd kind of tread water for the first part of big 10 play and a a improved finish combined with how good the non-conference was would have really put them in like a winner almost profile maybe a second tier like maybe not quite a winner but close and they're just not even close now and they can't get anywhere close. i mean they're just not even remotely near that so statistically like their ceiling is the same as almost every other team's ceiling that's in there like they get the right draw they can win four games you know that's pretty much everybody you get the right draw you can win four games but like i i say this all the time it'll eventually i'll just get it like i'll get a t-shirt printed where it's like anybody can win four it's impossible to win six and the idea behind that is like every team can make the final like almost every single team can make the final four because it's it's so luck based but like winning six you eventually run into somebody really good and Mm -hmm. ideally you'd like to bet on the really good team instead of the team that's going to run into somebody really good (laughs) you know like san San diego state can only escape so many times before they run into yukon you know something something like that and maybe that's a, a bad example but you get the idea um you know houston could only you know play so many bad seeds before they ran into Baylor in 2021 like it just it 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 just happens and when it happens like you're toast and that's the winner and so Michigan State like they're not going to be the team that the other teams fear that they're not going to want to run into they're going to be the team that can maybe get four and maybe get a good draw and they got a good coach who wins a ton of tournament games that's and that's true with every Michigan State year so it it, it had a chance to be special i think and statistically it's not remotely special so that's where I'm at on them. Uh, I have a couple teams in this region that I think are interesting to talk about. Did anything else stand out to you here? Uh, and then we can kind of go from there. So, yeah, I mean, that 8-9 game, I'm glad you brought up Porter Moser, too, because, I mean, Izzo, we talk about what a great tournament coach he is. Obviously, I mean, the success Moser had with Loyola Chicago, that would be a really fun game. Th- these two mid-majors that we had discussed last time, Grand Canyon and Sanford, that Sanford-Auburn game popping up again, I think would be so fun just having an interstate Alabama game like that um, will be really good. Grand Canyon obviously would be a very trendy 12 against a team like Wisconsin who, you know, I mean, is a Big Ten kind of team that you would want to fade most years in the tournament. I think that would be popular. I got some strong takes, Ken, on uh, the two SEC teams, um, the Bama and Tennessee, as long oh, okay. as, and Washington, Washington State too. Um, I mean, we could start with Bama. I don't know if you have any any big takes on them if they were one of your teams. I, I am so out. Yeah. I am so yeah. out on Alabama. So out. And this is my team. And uh, I, I think they are big-time frauds. Big-time. Uh, sure. One of my favorite stats, one of my favorite stats from the NCAA tournament is that teams who are top 10 in offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, and who are 100 or worse in defense have yeah, not made it past – the Sweet 16 in the last 20 years. Not one. Not one single team in the last 20 years. We had three teams last year who fit that bill. You had Iowa, who played Auburn in the 8-9 game, lost. You had Baylor, who played in the 3-14 game against Santa Barbara, won that one, and then lost to Creighton in the round of 32. And then you have Missouri, who is the other team. They played Utah State in the 7-10. Utah State couldn't make a shot. Missouri ends up playing Princeton, in the second round, as seven-and-a-half-point favorites, they played a 15 seed, but because their defense is so bad, they went home. And Bama right now, they're number one in offense, and they're 100th in defense. I think their Which defense crazy. is only going to continue to get worse with Tennessee on Saturday, Florida on Tuesday, and then obviously they're going to play some good teams in the SEC tournament. So I'm so out. 
Their offense is fantastic, like really, really good. Maybe one of the best offenses we've seen in like the last decade, according to the metrics. But their defense, they don't have size. They don't really have depth in the front court that like eight Oates can really count on. They don't have any rim protectors. Their guards don't really pressure the ball. They give up so many open threes to opposing teams. I mean, Ken, they lost to Kentucky 117 to 95. Do you know how hard it is to score 95 points in college basketball and lose by 22? I mean, that is just, it's staggering. So I think people might like Bama because of the upside and because of the offense. And everybody's going to point to last year's Miami team as a team with a great offense and a terrible defense who went to the Final Four. Maybe if they get the right draw, maybe if they're a 314, they can beat the, the 14. Maybe if they get an 11 seed, they can beat them. And maybe they buck the trend and can go to the Sweet 16. But, I mean, people say this team's ceiling is the Final Four because of that offense. They don't play a lick of defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I cannot wait to fade them, Ken. Can't wait to fade them. They, they will have an early exit in the tournament. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what you're describing is just some form of like the balance argument, right? And, you know, like you can you can take any form that you want. Like I do the paper tiger thing on our show, and that started to kind of be parroted by a lot of people because there's a lot of validity to it. The 10-100 thing that you bring up, this is all, it's all kind of under the same umbrella, right? Which is Mm -hmm. like, if you're really good at one thing and really bad at the other end, then that's going to eventually bite you and it probably will prevent a long tournament run. Balance tends to kind of be the order of the day. If you're looking for teams to back to go really deep in the tournament, you can always win a couple and all and basically any team can win four but even the crazy thing is i said anybody can win four these are actually the teams like worst suited to win four like you'd, you'd rather right. bet like grand canyon to win four than for a team like alabama to win four it's just kind of the way it goes florida atlantic won four last year they were going to win four way before some of the other teams that you mentioned there that were kind of 10 100 teams or some of the other paper tiger like teams anytime iowa's in the tournament for example they tend to have a profile like this i just uh i i had not heard it framed as like the 10 100 thing and i think i had the same reaction probably when you said that and i'll, I'll do my stuff on the bracket in a second but we got we got a lot of time so i let's dig into this a little, a little bit I, I i have my sheet up right here i was looking for other 10 100s that's my first thought i'm sure everybody else was the same thing like well wait who else like who else yep. is one of these one of these things? And it's to be clear, PJ is talking about after the Ken Palm adjustment, which usually makes teams look way better. And it still right. can't cover up how bad Alabama is. <laughs> like that's how crazy it is. Like their unadjusted efficient uh, defensive efficiency is two hundred twenty fifth in the country. But because of the schedule that they play, they get an adjust. And that's how for people who are like, I don't understand what adjusted defensive efficiency is. How do you adjust it? You adjust it based on who the teams play. And essentially, if they play really good teams, you get a bump probably that you don't deserve because you suck anyway. That's always my argument. Like I like I like knowing the unadjusted stuff because it's actually how many you allowed. It's not like, well, you allowed this, but look who you played. It's like, well, maybe they're just bad defensively and we need to stop making excuses. Maybe that's what needs to happen. That's always my theory in the tournament with teams like that. But even in Alabama's case, it's like even the adjustment, it's like, like you can't adjust them enough to make it look competent. That's the really funny part with Alabama. They're like a, a, a paper tiger on steroids. I mean, they're just, it's really, it's pretty crazy how just completely imbalanced the two ends of the court. It's, there's really almost not a historical comparison for like one and 225. Like you just don't, I mean, like the Luca Garza Iowa teams were pretty rough. 
they were like yeah. six and 180 or six and 150, maybe something like that. I'm trying to do that off the top of my head. That's the first team that comes to mind. The Ohio State team that lost to Oral Roberts in the 215 game was pretty rough. Um, the Missouri team that lost to Norfolk State like 12, 15 years ago, they were really rough, but they weren't this rough. I mean, this is like, like you can't defend at all. Now, to be fair, they have the number one offense, so they're they're pretty good. I'm uh, so anyway, the other 10 100s, because I was like, I, I looked, I go like, well, is there anybody? I don't think like there's like a competent team that's going to be close. And, and, you know, like maybe like as we get no more of the entrance into the field, something like can, can materialize, but there are a couple that are close that I think are actually kind of interesting. Uh, There are three that I would draw people's attention to. Uh, Jake's not on the show today. Kenny Henderson doing our our board today and doing a great job. Uh, Jake's Illini are really, really, really close. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adjusted third offense, 95th defense. Yikes. And that's like, man, they must have played a terrible schedule because they didn't get like any adjustment. Uh, Alabama, who you mentioned, first and 100th. FAU, the final four team from last year, 14th and 103rd and and on defense. So that's kind of interesting. And Kentucky, who we'll talk about a ton probably on this show, is 6th yes. and 86th. And I, I'm, I know I'm out on Kentucky and I've done a lot on that on the show. So I was just kind of curious. I'd never heard it framed the way that you framed it there, PJ. But in case people are like, well, wait, are there any others? Like, those are some that are really close, at least. And PJ's telling you that maybe those are bad bets to win more than one or two games get out of the opening weekend even. Went 3-0 and last year, and uh, it's been good the last 20 years. So certainly a trend uh, with a lot of data to back it up. We're going to continue going through Bing Bong Bay here. You better, you bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley. We'll be right back with You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside with Ken Barkley here on You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. It is the first day of March. The madness is here. Ken and I doing some locatology as we will continue previewing Big Bong Bay in a moment. A reminder, though, that we are on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, twitch.tv slash BeckQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, and we're also on the Odyssey app. You can listen to us for free as well. Uh, Ken, just one more note on Alabama, too. So I think people can get truly an idea of how good this offense has been. Uh, looking again at Ken Palm, their adjusted offensive rating is 128 point two since 1999 there have only been three teams whose offense adjusted numbers have been 127.1 or higher now it's worth noting purdue's 126 and a half illinois 125.8 and connecticut's 125.6 so all their all them are right there too Bama's the only one currently over 127.1 can only three teams have done that since 99 duke in 99, Wisconsin in 2015, Villanova in 2018. What do all three of those teams have in common? They all made it to the national championship game. However, all those teams also played defense. Duke was ranked third, Wisconsin was 35th, and Villanova was 11th and won the national title. So once again, Alabama, historically good offense. Really, really good. Don't play any kind of defense. So uh We'll see what happens. I think their defensive metric is just going to continue to go up and up. I don't see it changing anytime soon. But 
Sure. It is uh it is it is kind of fascinating. Any any reason like why you think maybe last year that Miami team was able to have success because they were such a good offense and such a bad defense? Does it just speak again to what you were saying earlier about kind of anyone can win four, but it's impossible to win six? Is it just kind of one of those years for the Canes, you think, last year? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, they did have a couple things going for them. Like, I, I spend a lot of time talking about what I didn't like about them. But if you're like, well, by them and not other teams, it was some combination of like path, good fortune. Um, they could not make a shot whatsoever in their opening round game. Who do they have? Drake, I think, in the Drake. first round. Yep. And that yep. was like their clunker offensive game. But Drake was so yeah. bad, they couldn't take advantage of it. So he kind of like caught a break. Like, when do you have your game where you can't shoot? And you can't defend. So, like, what happens in that game? Usually you're out. Like, you have a game like that. They just happen to draw a team who also had a really bad offensive game. Again, like, there's going to be a luck component to all of this. And then again, like, all right, like, how did they make the Final Four? Well, in the regional final, they were down 10 to Texas with, like, five minutes left and ended up coming back to win the game. So, like, it's just going to happen sometimes. You're going to win four. Sure. And if people are people – are, and I think, you know, some people like to use that as, like, a weapon – to be like, well, I've, everything you say is stupid then because look at what happened in Miami made it. Like, there's always going to be one or two or three. Like, it's just, it's it's more just what more can you learn about how this works and what tends to happen? And then can you try to make smart decisions based on what tends to happen? And this is your point about Alabama too. So I think what would be fun for me, uh, and Mike, why don't you put the bracket back up on the screen too? This will be helpful for PJ and Fry. So if we, let's say we get this draw. So this would be a great example of like, application of a, of a concept so like we can talk about the concept all we want but like what would you do about it so we we both think alabama is like a potential or like early exit hot like a high seated team like a team where I, I always try to say it as like i'm looking for a way to get them out of the tournament as fast right. as possible in a reasonable way <laughs> and maybe that's like they get to halftime against vermont and it's just not working and you take you play vermont in the second half because you've seen enough and that's the exit point vermont's the 14 in this hypothetical exercise the team like let's say this is the draw and for people that are just listening i'll just read the bottom half again wazoo against the winner of providence gonzaga in a play-in alabama vermont texas tech nevada tennessee moorhead state not an inspiring bottom half of a bracket. And I admit that like Tennessee and Alabama wouldn't be seated together like this, but like you could throw in another two. There's a lot of uninspiring twos you could put in that mm -hmm. spot and it would be the same analysis. The really remarkable thing is when I first looked at this and I actually like tried to play it out this time, like what would I do? Who would I advance? Like what would I, if this was actually the region, who would win it? UConn would be my winner, but like who would they play in the regional final? Would something crazy happen in the bottom half? The team that I actually think would be way live in this setup is Gonzaga. I actually think this is the perfect Gonzaga setup because, like, they get Rick Barnes is there, too. They get the three yep. that we're trying to get out as fast as possible. And they get, like, a six that is playing really well, but from a talent standpoint is very not intimidating and also has no tournament experience. And, yeah, like, Wazoo's a an awesome story and i actually bet on them a bunch in the nit i think it was last year and so like i i'm like i know what they are but like gonzaga can hang in all those games and gonzaga's not even good this year and they can hang in all those games so there's there it's sort of a remarkable mike's, mike's advancing vermont against alabama which is really funny on the screen <laughs> uh but like mike you, i promise you don't have to actually advance what we're talking about you can just like you can leave them blank it's totally cool but uh because we're just doing going to do all the hypotheticals here but i think 
you know, like play it out. All right, like Gonzaga plays Providence in a in a play-in game. Obviously, they could beat Providence. Not that they would, but like it's a very winnable game. The point spread against Wazoo would probably actually like let me tell you what I would make that right now. So Gonzaga Wazoo would be Gonzaga three in the six eleven, probably something like that. Yep. Um. Okay, Gonzaga like not a likely winner, but again another really winnable game. Then like play it out like maybe Alabama's gonna get by Vermont a lot of time just because they're Vermont and Vermont is like they make the tournament all the time when they run into teams like this it just doesn't go great a lot they just can't hang because of the way the teams are put together so Alabama maybe gets by that game I'd I'd be playing Gonzaga like at any reasonable normal projected number against Alabama in some kind of second like that I would view that as an opportunity here's Mark Few who is an outstanding early tournament coach, like first couple rounds of the tournament, especially with these underseeded teams, is excellent. And he is being given an opportunity to play a team that cannot defend whatsoever. The market for the game would be really interesting. Alabama would probably be like four and a half or something like that. And I that would be like, great, that's my opportunity to try to get Alabama out of this tournament. Like they would run into a team like that. If they ran into not anybody like that, it might go until they play UConn or it might go until they play the two. It wouldn't be Tennessee. It would be somebody else. I just, I, I don't try to just bet against the team blindly every round, I guess I should say, although that could probably work too. You'll catch some upsets that way. I try to at least figure out what, like, how do I want to get this team out? That makes any sense that I can actually support with like rational reasoning other than just like Vermont money line for my lungs. Like just cause Alabama stinks. Like you're trying to figure out a way to get them out. This Gonzaga should pray they get this kind of a setup because this is actually a yeah. way they could make a regional final and lose to a team like UConn. I think it's a great point about the Zags. Um, you bring up Mark Few and what a great early round tournament coach he is. Ken, they've made eight straight Sweet Sixteens. Like we don't talk about that. They made eight and not straight always a one either. Like no. there are some other there are some other ones in there that you're like where you're like wait that oh that team that like won a play in game or won you know an early six eleven and uh, you know yep. there's a ton of historical examples one in eight nine like they just he'll at least get you a couple even if the team stinks this team's not good yep. this team's not making the final four they're gonna win anything but like as a as a team you would want to back in small spread games against teams you hate. Like I'll take Gonzaga as like the team to go to war with against Alabama and Kentucky and some of these other teams that I'm dying to be against. I'll take Gonzaga in those every time. Well, Providence too is a team that I can't wait to fade. If they do make it into the tournament, they're going to be without their best player, Bryce Hopkins, who's out for the year. You got to give them a lot of credit for still, I mean, being on the bubble, but they're, they're going to be without their best player. And if they're going up against the Zags, I just don't think that's going to be a good matchup for them. Washington State, I think everything you said is so spot on. To me, they are the West Coast, South Carolina. They're a team that's having a great year. They're probably going to be a six seed, and they just don't have the talent that kind of like reflects their record and their conference record. But they're having a great season. I think those teams are, are both comparable and both teams that I'm looking to fade. Washington State, if they were to get past Gonzaga, though, however, would be the kind of team that would give Bama fits. Like, I think the winner of Gonzaga and Washington State would, would beat Bama. I think that'd be a bad matchup for Bama. Oates' teams kind of tend to struggle against teams, especially Washington State. Gonzaga obviously plays at a faster pace, but teams that can slow it down against Bama, make it a half-court game, especially nights that they're not hitting their threes, that, uh, that, that would be a recipe for disaster. Washington State's also a tall team. They got length. They're athletic. And Bama is missing a 
lot of interior presence on defense. You know, I think a lot of people can, when they think about Gonzaga this year, obviously they're, they're in a, you know, in a playing tournament type spot. They're not one of the top teams in the country. Everybody just assumes like they've sucked this year. I mean, you look at their losses, like in the non-conference, they lost to Purdue right out in Maui, beat Syracuse and UCLA, beat USC on a neutral floor, lost at Washington and Seattle, lost to UConn on a neutral floor as well in Seattle, lost to San Diego State, all really, really good teams. Then they lost to St. Mary's at home by two. And uh, they lost to Santa Clara on the road by one. Blew out um, San Francisco last night at Oracle Arena, where the uh, or the Chase Center, where the Warriors play. They won at Rupp Arena a couple weeks ago, and they get their revenge game with St. Mary's tomorrow. So you're right about uh, you're right about Gonzaga. They found something too in their big man Graham Ike. He scored 20 plus points in six straight games. We know Mark Few. Loves having dominant big man. Obviously, Drew Timmy. And, uh, I mean, you can just go down the list with Robert Sacre and um, Zach Collins and Rui Hachimura, all these guys that he's had. Um, so he's got another good one in EK. I like Gonzaga as an underdog, too. There's something about these teams that are, like, consistently we think of them as, like, ones and two seeds when they kind of, like, are getting disrespected and they're an underdog. Um I kind of think that's when they could be at their most dangerous. I want to get your thoughts on Tennessee, too. I know we only have a minute until sure. we get to break. Ken, doesn't it feel like Tennessee is starting to become a very trendy pick? Like, don't you feel like you listen to a lot of things, you read a lot of things, and it's so funny to me how you think about Purdue and kind of how people view them in Painter, and most people are kind of afraid of them because of that. And then all of a sudden – we get to Tennessee, and I'm kind of falling into this trap too, and it looks like it's the same team, but because they have a different feel with Dalton Connect and their scoring, it's like we almost just throw away the Rick Barnes thing. And, like, that's the reason we're terrified. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on that. If you're starting to feel like Tennessee is, is a trendy pick and uh, if we're just completely throwing out the whole Rick Barnes thing as Tennessee is a two seed, could certainly be a one seed with a win in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break, kicking off hour two, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside with Ken Barkley here on a Friday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 